no one said boom shakalaka before yeah, NBA no, Jam. No. It's our afternoon discussion here at Reconsidimation. <laughs> Today's topic. We're talking boom shakalaka. <laughs> Who said it first? I'm sure it was out there. I'm sure Marv Albert was out there. Nope. Vicky B Vicky D. It was Robert. It was Robert Sega. <laughs> Robert Sega. Yeah. Uh-huh. Robert and his roommate. Middle name Genesis, last name Sega. Mm-hmm. His roommate Tim Nintendo. <laughs> they had a. They talked about a lot of things. <laughs> and every time they watched a ball game, and a ball game, I mean basketball game, and there was a slam dunk. One of them, or both, which yeah. would scream, "Boom shakalaka!" Yeah, yeah. and that's the story. <laughs> And welcome back to another episode of Reconsinimation. This is the podcast that takes a look back at our favorite films from the 70s, 80s, 90s, and a little bit beyond. I'm John Diner. And I'm David Munchak. And uh, welcome back to the show, guys. Great great to have you sitting here in the live studio audience. Yeah, oh, the, we're, we packed them in today. <laughs> we packed them in this week. It's a shame we don't mic them because they're just <laughs> rip-roaring yeah. laughter, excitement, whoops. It's a, it's a live studio audience in a completely different part of the building. Uh-huh. They watch it live, yeah. listen live. We don't want to interact with them. So Yeah, we have a closed-circuit TV that we see them. We see their reaction. We can't hear them. And I, we're certainly not recording them. I prefer to see people laughing. Than to hear them. It makes me feel like I'm part of it. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. I like I like a pre-recorded visual laughter. Uh, I like to be part of the audience and hosting the show simultaneously. Yeah. So you, when you're... I, I like when you laugh when we're talking. You don't... You're usually not audible about it. Yeah. You just do the visual. I have laugh. the silent laugh. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. just your mouth is open. You're, you're like tilting your head back. <laughs> It's it's really helpful for me. It's okay, like, good. It makes good. me think like, yeah, this is funny. This I is try good. to I try to you know make it easy for you. So. Yeah. Oh man, so we're back. We're back. How's life? Good, good. Uh, Everything me... good in in Munch World. Munch World. Yeah. No, it's <laughs> it's it's great. It's building building and growing every day. Yeah. Uh, I found a brand new video store today. Oh my god! Yes, let's please discuss this. Did uh, I saw you there? <laughs> we we literally <laughs> ran into each other at this. One of the very few true video stores left, uh, at least in Los Angeles. Yeah, uh, Video Tech in uh, South Pasadena. Yeah, it is amazing. It's heaven. It's heaven. They've got everything. They've got everything. Anybody listening to this, think back. Just stop. If you're driving, just stop. Just pull over right now. <laughs> if you're at work, if you're in a meeting, just stop the meeting. Mm-hmm. Meaning, you're probably listening to this during a meeting. Yeah, right? people are definitely doing Don't they that. They do that. Uh, just think back. What was it like when you were a kid? You walked into that video store and saw all those tapes and and because it would have been tapes, tapes. Uh, or DVDs, I guess. Sure, yeah. Um, what that you know, choosing things by hand, looking at the box art, and mm-hmm. you know, kind of judging books by their covers. Mm-hmm. We got to experience that today. Yeah, it's been a long time since I've been in a real video store with the purpose of of renting a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and exploring and I mean this place is jam-packed it's not like your blockbuster video where it's displayed and you sort of have a limited selection they it is just covered in bookshelves DVDs you're only basically looking at the spines of these things but they have so many categories yeah it's broken down by director by uh, genre genre, actor actors uh, international stuff Uh, and certainly there was television shows Mm -hmm. that you know, a lot of this stuff isn't stuff you would normally see at a regular 
like commercial video store back in the day. Like, yeah. Th- a lot of these are sort of the either... whole cult classic section, yeah. which we uh, procured a few titles uh, yeah. from. Um, and so many things that are uh, out of print. You'd never, mm-hmm. things you didn't even know were on DVD. Yeah. Like things. there's a lot of like criterion collection DVDs that are long out of print that they have. Yeah. So if you're in the Southern California area, mm-hmm. especially anywhere near Southern South Pasadena, get over to, to, uh, Video tech, yes, and it's get in there right away. It's wonderful, and it's great prices. There's probably other SoCal uh, movie fans listening to us, and they're like, they just discovered video tech, <laughs> but they're probably excited for us because now we get to, we're get to be part of this family. Yeah. So we we live busy lives and busy schedules. So I didn't realize it's as close as it was. I'm but. usually a streamer. Yeah, I'm a streamer. Well, there, and there's a huge difference between sitting there and scrolling through. You know, Amazon and Hulu and Netflix, they, you know, they, especially Amazon has a lot of older content, which is cool. Yeah. But the search functions, it's not like categorized that easily, you know, it's not that easy to search. Yeah. It's all there, but you have to either have an idea of what you're looking for. It is kind of, it's a different thing when you're kind of browsing in a video store and you're letting things catch your eye or you, you suddenly start zeroing in on things. But, Versus seeing a visual representation on the mm-hmm. screen and and you're know, scrolling through and searching for specific things that don't pan out, and it's it's a little it's it's just a very different experience and totally worth the the physical absolutely uh, search. It's great. Yeah, and and the uh, you know we don't have to do a whole show on on the videos. Let by the <laughs> so I let's could. get into the origins of video tech. <laughs> yeah. No. But uh, definitely check it out. Yeah, so. get over there. So, Or any video store near you. Give them another shot. It's worth going in there instead of scrolling your ass off on uh, Prime. Yeah, I mean, it's always been a... Uh, I think we'd always be supportive of the local video store, no mm-hmm. matter where you live. Whether it's, uh, whether it's that mainstream stuff, or which you're probably not seeing a lot of those, but... It's always going to be something hard to find, interesting, mm-hmm. and these are the places that are run by cinephiles. Yeah, like, these people know what they're talking about. It's not a job. Oh yeah, like... I, <laughs> I, I was looking for a particular movie. Yeah, not sure if you guys all know what have heard of this one, but I went up to the register and I asked, "Hey, do you guys have Hard Ticket to Hawaii?" Hmm. Which is a movie we will cover on this show. It's fantastic. But she immediately knew what it was. It's a very obscure. Z grade action movie, but mm. it's hilarious and mm. amazing. Uh, immediately knew where it was. Unfortunately, they didn't have it. It's only I think on YouTube. So, yeah. but the fact that she like without missing a beat knew exactly what I was talking about. Yeah, and then she surmised that it might be on a box set collection of various movies mm-hmm. uh, by the director Andy Sedaris. Yeah. yeah, so she knew what was up and knows that people have been looking for it. Like that answer was right there. Yeah. So. Uh, so we settled for what did you settle for instead? Uh, Jim Cotta. Oh, Jim Cotta, perfect. Jim Cotta. classic. And uh, the uh, ch- what did I just blank on the Chuck Norris movie? Oh, uh, Union Jack. What's it called? <laughs> well, we looked at Megaforce. So Megaforce. That was that was, uh, yeah, that was, that was one, but uh, Invasion USA. Invasion so, USA. Yeah. I knew it was something like yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah, so we love movies. We are that's uh, completely irrelevant to the topic at hand. It was just uh, in the forefront of our mind. Yeah, we got a, a rare chance to explore together yeah. a, a video store. Explore so. together. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's we're closer than ever now, guys. <laughs> uh, but what are we talking about this week? A film called Five Easy Pieces, mm-hmm. starring. 
one Jack Nicholson. Yeah. And Jack Karen Black. Nicholson. Wow. I feel like we are going to end up covering quite a bit of his uh, films over the course of our upcoming 30-year contract mm-hmm. uh, that we have to fulfill. Yeah. Well, he was in a lot of movies in the 70s and 80s. And Made a 90s. lot of movies. Yeah. yeah. So he's just going to pop up. Yeah, there's a, there's no no avoiding Jack Nicholson. For Is there sure. like a Jack Nicholson film where he's like, he'd be like tenth on the call sheet? Like he's just in it for like a scene. Anything uh, like that? Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, some of his later stuff, mm. he because he really just shows up as like one scene cameo yeah. roles. Mm. He's actually done a few things like un, completely uncredited. Oh really? Um, yeah, like he's in broadcast news. I don't think he's credited. He, it's actually a couple of James L. Brooks things. Oh, okay. That that I think just because they're friends, he like comes on, and I'm sure he gets paid quite a bit, but sure, sure, uh, not a lot of credit. That's, so yeah, that's fun. Cool. Yeah. So who knows what we'll cover, and then there's Jack. Yeah. Not, don't Jack. see a lot of Jack anymore. No, he's, he's probably enjoying his his life, his retirement. I mean, yeah. he he. I don't think he announced his retirement, but I think he just did retire after. Yeah. What was that god awful movie he made with uh, Morgan Freeman? Bucket List. Oh, <laughs> yeah. It's like really you went out on that. Hey. Like like Gene Hackman went out with Welcome to Mooseport. Right. Oh, Gene no. Hackman's after they like I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, listen. You don't. You don't have to end on a high note. I guess you, just, you don't. You know, you just love the work. Just end it with a whimper. No, <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's so unfair. <laughs> Jack's going to call me and just rip He's me gonna, Yeah, tear you apart. Yeah, he's not going to like that. Uh, but yeah, so we are here. We're going to talk about Five Easy Pieces. It's one of uh, one of my... It's up there with my 70s films. Okay, so you take all your 70s movies, put it, mix them up, and make a list. You're talking top I would, 20? Uh, no, I, I would say probably, probably top 10. Top 10? It's, it'd crack the top 10. It's, uh, yeah. It'd be like 9 or 10. But. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. It's it's. Uh, I just I love the. We'll get into it, but let's. You know what? We'll get into <laughs> well, it. Is, is this before or after Towering Inferno in the list? Oh, way way ahead of Towering Inferno. <laughs> okay. No offense, Paul. But <laughs> <laughs> rest in peace. Yeah. Um. So the first time I I actually didn't get into Five Easy Pieces. It was one that just again like slipped through the cracks for me until about two thousand two, and that's where I. Oh. Uh, discovered it. I had seen a lot of the big '70s films and the, some of the other Bob Rafelson stuff and mm-hmm. and uh, Jack's films, but this one just I didn't get to till a little bit later. Sure, uh, I'm a huge fan of Jack's early work. His you know late very very late '60s and all through the '70s into the '80s mm-hmm. until he became. I feel like it's sort of after Batman. Jack sort of became Jack, and that was yeah. You're just, always going to give just Jack out. in this situation. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it's arguable he may have been doing that earlier than that. Maybe after The Shining, mm-hmm. um, but he still had some great movies throughout the '80s, and mm-hmm. and he did have some good performances in the '90s. Uh, but it started to become more of like Jack with the shades in this situation, and Jack, you know, Jack being Jack and as good as it gets, and. Mm couple of things were great, like about Schmidt, I think was, I'll talk later about that, how I feel like that relates to this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, great performance there. And then, but some, you know, throwaway Hollywood movies, just like, like we were talking Anger about. management? Uh, uh, yeah. Is that a throwaway? Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. I've never <laughs> seen it, folks. It's, um, it's funny because we were talking about Sandler earlier. Yeah. 
on not the Chris uh, show. I think the movie did a bazillion dollars and was very successful financially, but I don't know. The Sandler movies just they don't they don't work for me. None. Happy Gilmore, I like, and Happy Madison. No wait. No yeah. Billy Madison. Billy Madison. Tough. You're doesn't doesn't age. Billy Madison's tops for me in that <laughs> in the, in those early couple. Yeah, I used to love it, but yeah, but happy but Happy Gilmore, not a thing. Happy Gilmore, I think. I, or no, I think it's Happy still Gilmore, you like? Yeah, I like Happy Billy Gilmore. Madison. No, right. That's crazy. It's flip flopping for me. <laughs> <laughs> but then, of course, Big Daddy and uh, what? I like Wedding Singer. Wedding Singer. Yeah. Wedding Singer is probably the How best. How do we one. transition? Why are we talking about Adam Sandler? <laughs> Jack Jack Nicholson was in a movie with him. <laughs> right. That's. <laughs> anyway, what's your top ten Adam Sandler's go <laughs> on our five easy pieces episode? Hotel Transylvania. We spent spend twenty minutes talking about a video store. <laughs> ten minutes talking about Adam Sandler. Adam Sandler, the best hockey shirt he ever wore. Go. <laughs> uh, uh, but anyway. no, yeah, the, Jack. Uh, Jack's overall had a had a great career and mm-hmm. some amazing movies and great performances. And this is this is very high up there for me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know my love of seventies films. Sure, you do. Seventies, yep. yes, the seventies, gritty, real, real movies, real cinema, America movies for guys and gals who like movies. Who like movies? <laughs> That's the seventies. Uh, so where are we? Nineteen. Uh, this is the film came out in nineteen seventy. Yeah. So the Hollywood new wave that I keep going on about is uh, in full swing. Well, it's yeah, it started. It's definitely in the beginning of that mode. Mm-hmm. Um, we're we're past Bonnie and Clyde, and we're past Butch Cassidy and the Wild Bunch, and and Easy Rider, which is a very you know very connected to this movie. Yeah. Um, part of a, a sort of a group that came up through that was uh, Dennis Hopper, Jack Nicholson, Peter Fonda, mm-hmm. Bert Schneider, and Bob Rafelson, who are producer-director. Uh, they started a company called Raybert Productions, oh, and yeah. one of their earliest claims to fame was getting the Monkees started. Oh, yeah. Okay. You're a big Monkees fan. I do like the Monkees. I love bit. the Monkees. Peter Tork, my guy. Mickey Dolan. R.I.P. Peter Tork just passed away. Yeah, that's true. Uh, we're down to just Mickey Dolan's now. No, uh, Mike Nesmith's still alive. Isn't oh, he? Nesmith, yeah, yeah, but he's like he's not never. Really I mean, he's, once he's separated from the band, he I think he's made like one or two appearances with them. Yeah, no, Nesmith's not with us. Is he still with us? Okay, yeah. I thought he was gone. I don't know. No, I'm pretty. I don't think Nesmith died. I think you're right. Yeah. Uh, who's anyway, your, who's your favorite monkey? Uh, Nesmith. Oh, I always like Mike. I know. I bounced back. Everybody loves Dolans. He's the goofy guy. I went through when I was. <laughs> I don't know, like. Do you remember that brief period of time the new monkeys came out? I remember. I don't really think I paid attention. I don't know why, but I loved the new monkeys. It was yours. And that's it was for I, a new generation. I had just gotten into the old monkeys, and it was like, oh my god, the new monkeys! This is so uh, amazing. It was like a nice one-two punch for you. Well, my parents had given me like all their records, uh-huh. so I, I, you know, I went through. It was mostly Beatles and Doors stuff. A bunch of garbage. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and then a couple of Monkeys albums were in there. Oh, so neat. I, I, uh, I love got that into the, that. But... I like the Beatles and the Doors and the Monkeys are all like, this is Pair it. them all together. Yeah, yeah. like they all, they all blend together. You know long. they all hung out. Come yeah. <laughs> but the Monkeys were an American sort of attempt at a version of the Beatles. Right. Uh, kind of like you'd see later with like NSYNC and Backstreet Boys and all those boy bands. Mm. 
this was like a ver- you know a different version of that with yeah. like people trying to take off from the Beatles success. Yeah. Um, but, but the monkeys were they were big on their own right and their music was good and yeah, good songs. Yeah. But they weren't they were more about showcasing the people and not even them as musicians, right? Wasn't that the idea that they're not really they weren't really, you know, established musician types that right it's about them and their artistry it was more about them as characters yeah and especially the show i mean it's a pure comedy show oh my god it's very stylistically it's kind of similar to batman Mm -hmm. i always kind of felt like they paired together yeah that makes (laughs) it's silly goofy you know they'd get into uh, you know trouble and have to get get everything resolved by the end of the episode Mm -hmm. and just they're total goofs yeah and then they'd have a song here and there in, in the episode. Yeah. Well, when back back in the day, I used to kind of get upset when the music, when the song video, the music video basically would be come on, mm-hmm. like in the middle of it. And like, yeah. It's like, but oh, they're not doing any comedy. They're just singing. Like, yeah. Just these songs. So, but they were good songs. Yeah. They. Um, Last train to Clarksville. Come on. Yeah. That's that's great. There's that's some great, great song. songs there. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they were uh, they super popular mid to late '60s. Um, and Bert Schneider and Bob Rafelson were producing their show, and they made the movie Head, which is a very strange, trippy kind of movie. I haven't seen it in a long time, but mm-hmm. um, during the course of that movie, they had had a big falling out with the monkeys. Uh-oh. So, they, I mean, there was some very catty stuff going on, it sounded like. Uh-oh. Like, like Bert Schneider would come down to set, and between takes would start blasting music of other bands on the set with the monkeys. Jeez. And they just like, I don't know how that they, maybe we'll cover that movie and look into more detail about what, how they got through that movie. Yeah. Like nobody talking to each other. Yeah. That sounds like a, a trip. Yeah. But they were able to use that, the success from the show and, and the movie, which was the movie was more of a cult success than a financial one. Mm-hmm. Um, into kind of spinning off and starting to do their own films. And this is all kind of happening concurrently with Hollywood, traditional Hollywood kind of really at the end of their time and the the Hollywood new wave starting up and a younger group of uh, executives kind of starting to make more of an impact like Robert Evans and, Mm -hmm. and uh, a change in the quality, you know, the kind of movies that are being made. Mm -hmm. Uh, So their next project is easy rider. So they had connected with Dennis Hopper. Jack Nicholson had a, a very small part in uh, in the Monkees movie. And, you know, these guys became buddies right away. Mm-hmm. So they are... <laughs> the attempt to make Easy Rider is well-documented, and that's a whole other subject of what an insane experience that was. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the movie was a huge success and obviously spawned really, like, launched all these guys' careers, every, mm. every one of them. Wow. Um, especially Jack. I mean, Jack was probably... Jack became the biggest star coming out of out of that. Um, and that was really his... Jack had been around. I mean, Jack had been acting since, yeah. like, 19... I want to say 59 or 60. Yeah. He had been just doing small parts here and there, a lot of small TV things. He was in the original Little Shop of Horrors movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, that small role that he had in Easy Rider was really just, I mean, 
wow, like this guy, this guy is something. Yeah, that's when everyone started to notice him, right? Yeah, yeah. And then this one kind of really showed off his acting chops. Like this is this guy's legit. Yeah, right. Like oh yeah, yeah. After Easy Rider and then doing this, it's like yeah, this guy's yeah. got it. Yeah, <laughs> this is like this is his this movie is his shot. Like yeah. th- like we're gonna see if you're a lead. Yeah, and it clearly uh, worked out for him. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> Uh, but Bert Schneider uh, was a producer I I really admired for the way he just the way he went about him himself. I mean, regardless of the monkey situation, but sure. he ends up kind of uh, working up through the ranks of uh, Sony and Columbia. Mm-hmm. So that's where a lot of their movies are kind of geared through those studios. Okay, uh, yeah, but yeah. still producing the movies, um, most you know the movies that they did together on his own as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bob Rafelson is, you know, was a was a writer and producer who also was able to segue into directing, and this is this is their real first project. Um, they've done a number of them after this, but uh, this is, you know, like we were, like we said, it's Jack shot. It's kind of everybody's shot at like, you know, doing their their project. Yeah. So this is uh, really uh, helped pushing forward the new wave, and, and it's career making for so many people. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, like yeah. This is this this changes everyone's mm-hmm. lives. Like if this, you know, if this were, I think if this were a failure, I don't know where Jack's career would have gone. Mm-hmm. He'd still be working. He'd still be working for sure. But and I'm, you know, he might have gotten another shot, like mm-hmm. a you know, a couple of years down the road. But um, it would have, it wouldn't have, wouldn't have been good. Got it. Um, and they had by this point converted their company from Raybert to a company called BBS, which is. Bert, Bob, and another guy, Steve Blauner. They're they're the production company making this movie. Bert, Bob, and Steve. Yep, BBS. I think there's a documentary. I think Criterion. I know they released a like all their movies in a box set, the BBS films. Oh. Uh, and I think there's a documentary on there somewhere, but it's out of print. So maybe you should all head to Video Tech. Video Tech's probably got it. <laughs> Let's get down there. Yeah. So they put this film, BBS puts this film together as, as a package for, for Jack, you know, completely centered around him. Mm-hmm. Um, they pack a really interesting and varied group of actors around him mm. uh, that range for all over the place. Um, yeah. Karen Black, who had a small role in Easy Rider um, in the New Orleans sequence. Uh, she's in the film. I think she's fantastic. This mm-hmm. is probably she's had a number of really good roles i think this is my favorite of hers mm-hmm. uh lois smith who's been in a million things and love seeing her I and, ne- i've never seen i you know i'm not so well versed in a lot of actors uh careers so seeing her so young yeah but you recognized her yeah right? immediately yeah. i'm like oh my gosh was she in twister yes that's where okay yeah, yeah. she was the one that like fed them all she's and, like her aunt or some yeah grandma or something yeah I don't know. Yeah, they had a good time at. But she's a great actress, and she's, yeah, yeah. This this is, I think, the earliest thing I can recall her, or at least that I've seen of hers. Mm -hmm. Uh, Susan Anspa, who who plays Catherine. Yeah, Catherine Van Oost. I think that's right. Yeah, Uh, she's a great actress. Also, Um, Sally Struthers. I think a very early appearance for her. This is before All in the Family. Introducing, Sally I want to say Jones. three or four years before All in the Family, and uh, yeah, All in the Family was seventy three. I think yeah, seventy three or four. Seventy four. Yeah, but um, you know, a quick small role here, mm-hmm. but you know, a memorable performance from her. I'll say uh, Tony Basil. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, which 
you know from your favorite song of the 80s hey mickey Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. your that's your favorite. Yeah, you I, talk about it all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I I reenact it all the time. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that was that was her. I think her biggest moment was that song. Yeah, and I believe she's a choreographer as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she was also an Easy Rider in that same sequence with with uh, with Karen Black. Oh, yeah, and, yeah. Oh. Another small uh, transition from that movie to this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ralph Waite, who was in Cool Hand Luke. And maybe Dennis Hopper is sort of the link between he he was in Cool Hand Luke with Dennis Hopper. Dennis Hopper's with these guy knows these guys very well, so mm-hmm. that might have been how he got introduced. Um, he is he is Jack Nicholson's character's brother. Yeah, Carl, yeah. right? Yeah, Carl. Carl. And uh, John P. Ryan, who plays the male nurse in the house. Yeah, Spicer. Uh, yeah, Spicer, right? Yeah. That's an odd guy. John P. Ryan is a very odd guy. <laughs> and really, like, a lot of his work is in, as a villain, in a lot of bad, not bad, I take that back, B action movies in the 80s. Got it, yeah. Uh, he's also in the It's Alive series, which is a horror series about a baby who's a mutant monster. Oh, no. Yeah, and he's the dad. I don't like mutant babies. <laughs> That's a great movie. Mutant monster babies. Let me clarify. Yeah, yeah. Babies can be mutants. Sure. But... X-Men. I mean... Babies can't be monsters. <laughs> or can they? I mean, they can, but I don't want to. <laughs> is that elitist? <laughs> it's hard being a progressive these days. It is. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if I can have any kind of feeling about any group of people. You're not allowed. No. <laughs> um, but yeah, John, uh, John P. Ryan is great in a movie... Again, that we'll cover in the future called Avenging Force. Oh, yes. An unofficial sequel to Invasion USA, which we mentioned earlier. Is it unofficial or is it spiritual sequel? Well, or is is there a character crossover? Michael Dudikoff in Avenging Force plays Matt Hunter, who's the same character that Chuck Norris plays in Invasion USA. What? Yeah. Most people don't know this. Holy cow. Because they look totally different. The movies have nothing to do with each other, but both kick a lot of ass. (laughs) That's the most important part. (laughs) Anyway, uh, John P. Ryan is the villain in that movie, and he is over-the-top amazing. Yeah. Uh, Just amazing in in, uh, Avenging Force. Recommend it highly. Uh, and it's part of the grandma collection, so there you go. Aww. Um, but yeah, very. He's a very strange actor, and and we'll talk about that fight scene a little bit later. But <laughs> yeah, very bizarre. Well, this fight. Yeah, oh, yeah, we'll get into that. But let's you know the whole thing circles around Jack. So let's 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 yeah. talk about Jack for a little bit. Jack Nicholson. Yeah. What are you a are you a Jack fan or no? Oh no, yeah, I, I yes, yeah, thumbs up. I, and anything he's in, sure. Because I I'll know, I I mean, I do know people who just don't who don't like him. They don't, mm-hmm. you know, they don't get the whole Jack thing, and they find him very distracting in in his films. He's well, he's quite a character, right? He's very he's, he's very distinct, very distinct. He could have gone down as like a, an amazing character actor if he never got a lead, you know. But yeah, he, he was. It does seem like maybe he's forced upon us a little bit. <laughs> In a sense, but he's so watchable. He's so endlessly watchable. Yeah, like you, I'm, you're just drawn to him, and he brings something that you don't see in in typical leading men, obviously. Yeah, in Hollywood, you know, like 
Like, well, he doesn't I, look. He's not like classic movie star beautiful. Yeah, he's not really. You know? Yeah, he's not an ugly person, but he's not that classically handsome right. guy. I think and, he's an attractive guy. He's you know he's you know depending how he's made up, he's you know can look more and more handsome. But yeah, uh, he's looks like an average person, and, and that's coming out wrong. But like he looks like an everyman. Right. You know. Yeah, he's the everyman. He's he's the relatable guy. You, you all. You know someone like that kind of guy, oh, that yeah. energy in your town. Yeah, you know, isn't that necessarily someone who you're drawn to? But he's he could be anybody. He's he's not, and he's certainly not someone who's like the mayor or anything. He's just a guy that yeah. pulls people in um, and surround. You know, is surrounded by people. Yeah, um, I think that's sort of the kind of energy he's putting off. Yeah, and I think you know coming uh, coming up at this time when movies are getting more and more real and less like Hollywood glamour and more yeah. about real life stuff. Mm-hmm. It was the right time for him. You know, he hit at the right moment. Yeah. You'd have a hard time if it was still like Gene Kelly tap dancing around the, uh, all over the place. I don't think I don't like, uh, yeah. You yes, know what I mean? Like... I think he would. And and now I don't, I don't know if Jack could have made it. And oh, I think, I think we would see him. I mean, yeah, obviously mainstream Hollywood, but I think he would be, I mean, could you see Jack in a Marvel movie? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really? We've seen everyone in the Marvel <laughs> I know, movie. I guess anybody can be. I don't mean, I don't know, not maybe not starring as a, you know, an Iron Man, but yeah. like he, I think he could uh, th- that guy. I think he's uh, like I said, watchable. Like uh, you want to see what he's doing. I, I mean, I guess Jack see. could be a good Star-Lord. Sure. Yeah. He'd be something. <laughs> he could be a Loki. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I, I I apologize to everyone who listens that Marvel movies t- come up. I think every single episode. <laughs> That's what we talk about with modern movies because it's all Marvel. Anyway. It's Marvel. <laughs> there's those are the only movies left. They have all the I mean, actors. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's in them. All the money's there's there. There's three a year. All the money goes to them. <laughs> so, so that's why. I'm so sorry. Um, but yeah. Anyway, no, anyway, he is very unique, hitting big in Hollywood. Yeah. In this. New age, like you say, this is the perfect place for him, right? Yeah, in, yeah. in the new wave. Yeah, every the everyman person, the relatable guy, mm-hmm. but also that guy who's just just something else, right? Yeah, he's um, and this is a really great vehicle for him to to really start his leading, you know, leading man career off. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's because it's really there's really. Not a lot happens in this movie. It's very much a straight drama. Mm-hmm. There's no. I guess we didn't. Should we do a quick plot summary <laughs> sure. for like anyone who maybe hasn't seen it in a while and they're going to watch it after this show? Sure. Yeah. Well, Five Easy Pieces follows uh, Jack's character Bobby. Bobby du- Dupree, right? Dupia. Dupee. Dupee. Yeah. Dupee. All right. Yeah. Dupee. Um, we meet him while he's working in the oil fields in some some strange desert town. And we don't know much about him, but he's just sort of living this super blue collar life, unhappy in his relationship, treats his girlfriend terribly, his best friend he actually fights with. And um, and he's just sort of living this life that he's dissatisfied with. And as we learn, he's a classically trained pianist and his sister is also a classically trained pianist. The whole family is. And is then that. and then, yeah, like his sister brings him basically his sister basically asked him to come see their father. Father's had a couple strokes. Come see the family. Go back to the life in like, I don't know, it's in Western Washington probably. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, it's along, I think, the Puget Sound. The Puget Sound, probably, yeah. So he, we discover he's come from sort of an elite background and with uh, a, a hidden talent that he's not using. And it's basically a life he's walked away from. Mm-hmm. And uh, we see him navigating th- that world as well as the world we met him in. Mm-hmm. And this is a guy that doesn't fit in either of them. Yeah. It's like wherever he goes, he's, he's, he almost won't let himself fit in. Yeah, he's dissatisfied with all of it. And he's a rebel and and that's kind of what a lot of the 70s movies were. Yeah. You know, the lead the lead characters are fighting against something, whether it's against authority or against part of themselves or against their family. Mm-hmm. Uh they're have something to prove or or you know, prove to themselves. And again, great great role and great time for Jack. Yeah. You know, these <laughs> One of the things I love about the '70s movies is the is the endings and the downer <laughs> endings that so many of them have. Uh-huh. It just again, it feels real. Like like you know, I'm not I'm okay with the Hollywood happy ending. Sure, sure, but not all the time. Which yeah. is what it, it kind of ended up going. You know, that's what, what had mostly been happening prior to the '70s, and it kind of went back to that mm-hmm. in a over the top way with the '80s, mm-hmm. and then through the '90s, but. Um, this is a great opportunity for Jack to play uh, someone who's really rooted in reality. Yeah, it, it, it's really a character piece that, even though I described sort of a plot, I just sort of described the details of what's going on. But there's no, there's no story to resolve. There's no real even arc to happen. Yeah, it's just it's kind just, of watching him. Yeah, it's a, we're observing this very short period of his life, and through who he interacts with, we extrapolate a lot about what his history was mm-hmm. um, and what his future might be, but all of it's unknown. I mean, we don't know why he's so dissatisfied, but it is sort of the temperature of the, the country too. Right? Yeah. There's yeah. sort of a dissatisfaction with the status quo. Yeah. Which, you know, which is, uh, I think, typical is what, what post Vietnam. Yeah, that's well. I mean, it's the not, optimism of of Kennedy is long gone. You yeah, know? And you're like, in the middle of Nixon, and yeah. and you know things are just there's just not a great, not a lot of love going on. In yeah, that. as between, I mean, there's a lot of love with like the youth, but sure. then it's like youth against authority and youth against that older generation. There's a lot of, mm-hmm. um, there's a lot of separation between those those generations yeah um and a lot of these 70s movies have a lot to do with vietnam not necessarily the plot of their movie having to do with it but it's sort of the mentality of the country because of vietnam yeah the country's changing and being affected by really quickly these drastic events you know families are forever altered and it's it's Mm -hmm. in every community all over the country so yeah it's it's happening to everyone, and uh, we're watching Bobby in particular, like his reaction to the state of of the country, and what it's what it means to be in a sort of American or or to live this American life. Yeah, um, and showing that there's a dissatisfaction to that. That you know he's not happy being an elite guy. You know, being classically trained, obviously doing what his siblings did, his father did. Mm-hmm. You know, a classic tale of, you know, rejecting like where you come from. Yeah. Um, But then, you know, living a particular down the dirt, blue collar life, you know, pumping oil uh, as an oil rig uh, hand or whatever. 
he doesn't find a satisfaction in that either. So it's like time to get real. Like I'm going to get down in the muck. And even that is like, he can't believe his best friend Elton is okay with that. Like he, he, he's upset with him. I mean, he's obviously just angry about the choices he's made, but he doesn't know what to choose. It's sort of a binary choice for him. We saw one or the other, but by the end we we discover he's going to try to make some other choices. Yeah. Find something else. Well, and, and it's also, you know, prior to this, come you, your traditional family, American family life, like you were going to do, you know, where you were going to go the path that was set out for you. Like you were going to work at the factory or you were going to do what your your father did and, and follow that route. Yeah. And there wasn't really a lot of, unless you had like a certain kind of talent, you know, then you would go on a different career path. But most people just followed you know, whatever was in front of them. Yeah. And, you know, on a, in a different sense, Jack's rebelling against that same thing. Right. He's, you know, not necessarily the middle class. He's more of an upper class family, but rejecting mm-hmm. that path that they've laid out for him. Yeah. I mean, his origin of could have been that he was supposed to be a doctor or he was supposed to be a lawyer or he was supposed to take over, you know, the, the logging business or any any number of things that that a family you know, sort of sets out mm-hmm. for their child and sets up and it's a re- total rejection of that. Um, and it's, it's interesting that like, it's, it's him being a classical pianist, like that, you know, that's kind of a hard thing to do. Yeah. Anyway, it's very specific and talent. It, yeah. And I mean, so to, to really make a living and stand out as someone with such a talent that is very, you know, unique. Um, he just wasn't, he didn't want any part of that. Yeah. Fascinating. Well, and he's, you know, he's rebelling against what his natural talent is. And, and that's something that I think came up with a lot of his characters that they were, they were out of place out of, you know, they, they, um, yeah, just that they were, they were, a lot of them were out of, out of place from where they should have been. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. you know, in, in Cuckoo's Nest, he's in this. He's not really crazy, but he's in this insane asylum, and now he's just making it worse for himself. Mm-hmm. Um, Chinatown, he's, you know, he's really out of place as as this detective that he shouldn't have been. You know, something happened in prior to Chinatown that that sent him off course mm-hmm. to where he is when we meet him, yeah. and then what happens in the movie. I think gonna really alters him after that, which we don't really see. I'm gonna ignore the two Jakes, but okay, that's fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As should everyone else. But, um, but yeah, so so he's just trying to uh, find his own way, and and yeah, like you said, he's he's rejected his family, and he's in this. We don't even know where is it New Mexico? Is it Arizona? Is it Utah? Some kind of California, you know, oil rig. Yeah. Um, situation living in essentially a trailer mm-hmm. um with his girlfriend who she's so sweet and mm-hmm. nice but he just treats her like yeah. absolute shit yeah he's total trash to her <laughs> yeah it's heartbreaking to watch like yeah maybe she's not the sharpest uh tool you know sharpest pencil but uh yeah. We'll have to we'll have to talk about that cuz there's scene when she actually comes up to to meet with the family and yeah. everything there's Something going on there, the way she presents herself. Well, let's hit it. What? Well, like, I mean, I've that, you know, when she arrives and then, of course, these other intellectuals that come and 
spend time with the family. Uh, oh yeah. The, oh my God. Those people, which is like such an amazing scene where you have this like scholarly woman sort of spouting off and using highfalutin language and, but, but, you know, Ooh, analy- highfalutin. just, or, you know, analyzing, uh, culture and, and I forget exactly what she's talking about. Cause she was going a mile a minute and, um, you know, Rayette, um, played by Karen Black, sort of offers her opinion on on certain things, and it's like the scholarly woman was um, her point was being proven that like there's certain classes of people or something like that, but it seemed like Rayette sort of knew that she was triggering her, like knew mm. that she's talking different on purpose in a sense that that she isn't even buying any of this stuff. Yeah. And I initially, when I watched it, I just thought, oh, there she is. She's in over her head. She's just being her ditzy self or something. But then other analysis says that uh, people have written that, like, she was doing it on purpose, in a sense. Mm-hmm. Like, she couldn't compete intellectually necessarily with this woman. But because she's aware of that, she sort of just undercut her completely. Yeah, does it in her own way. Yeah. yeah. And uh, sort of rejects that sort of thing the same way this woman would be rejecting her. Um so, yeah, it's a, good, it's a really interesting scene. Yeah, and and Bobby's there, sort of watching this all play out, and he just he just finds it all bullshit, yeah. like all bullshit. Oh these yeah, these people are talking about. They're all like fake, phony. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he like sort of defends Rayette again, even though he's like sort of ashamed of her, doesn't want to introduce her to his family. Oh, he's completely <laughs> embarrassed that this is the woman he ends up with. Yeah. Well, and, and and the only woman that would seem to have him, I don't know. Yeah, well, that's not true because he, you know, has an affair with with Sally Struthers, like pretty much right in the beginning of the movie. <laughs> right. Um, but he, you can tell he's dissatisfied with his life on this oil rig and and wherever this town is. I, I feel like it feels like New Mexico to me, but I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say that. I'm gonna say Maine. <laughs> Maine, yeah, very Maine look. <laughs> very Maine look. Um, but he's already, you know. He's a, a drifter, really. He's not going to be satisfied with anything till he deals with whatever his issues are. Yeah. So he's basically, we see him re- reject everything in this new life that he has for himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's when he goes back to L.A. to meet up with his sister. And we kind of see w- there's a whole other side to his life. Yeah. Um, and it's funny that road, when you see him driving... Uh, when you see him driving like into LA, yeah. that's that's like right over Barham, right by Universal Studios. Oh, yeah. So that's like going into Hollywood. Oh, I drive yeah. that route every day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On Barham right yeah. there. Uh, so I think about five easy pieces Monday <laughs> through Friday. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and then he reluctantly brings Rayette with him mm-hmm. when he goes up north to to kind of see his family again and whatever his see what's going on with his father and you can already sense that there's issues there Mm -hmm. and they never expressly say what those are or what the history was. It's just that he is extremely unhappy and dissatisfied with, with his family life uh, and, and his whole life that they had set up for him. Well, they, and it's funny, the uh, road trip up to there, up to the, the Puget Sound, they come across the two hitchhikers, these yeah. two women who want to head north. And uh, what was her name? What was the actress's name? Uh, Helena? Yeah, I can't pronounce the last name. Ke- Kalinotes? Kalinotes? Yeah, uh, something uh, Greek, Greek, I think. Yeah. yeah. She plays, uh, what, Palm? 
yeah. Malpadaka or something like that. So that, that Jack was trying to get Janice Joplin to play that role. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I can see it. Yeah. But she's just in that the scene in the car and in the diner, and that's yeah. There's like a mon- kind of like a montage in the car. Oh yeah, yeah. This is this whole sequence is a very easy rider. Mm-hmm. Like it really felt like easy rider because they're like the the way the mu- cutting in and out of the music and them driving and oh, it's yeah. the same thing they did in that for yeah. for a portion of the movie. But but Paul Malka, Alpadaka and her partner Tony, that's and that and one's that, Tony Basil. That's Tony Basil. They, you know, they're going to Alaska because they reject the the contiguous 48 states or something there's that she continually comments on the filth of it and can't she stand it and yeah. she she has such strong pointed language about all of it and she she sees the world fully formed of this of full of phonies and full of filth and mm-hmm. trash and there's nothing pure or clean about it and she needs to get away she is like more she's closer to bobby then Bobby realizes. Oh yeah, yeah. But she is like, she's made that decision. Like she's like fully in that. Whereas he like kind of dances that line. Yeah, because I don't think because once you sort of accept that the entire world around you is bullshit, then what do you do? You know, mm-hmm. there's so he he might have that fear of sort of going going full palm apodaca. Like well, and this it's this does kind of rear its head at the very end yeah so, i mean this yeah. the yeah their encounter is extremely meaningful for his character mm-hmm. and without him realizing it yeah it doesn't it seems like he's just kind of annoyed with them and yeah because he doesn't seem to accept anyone else yeah like whatever they accept as their reality he seems to reject everything he there's nothing he's not open to anything you know or at least if he try he just automatically seems to reject mm-hmm. it um so I mean, it's funny that there's so many women in this movie that affect his life. It's it's really all women affect him, yeah. other than his best friend Elton, who he gets into a fist fight with cops. You know, like yeah, right, yeah. you know. Um, but uh, there's you know he's got a sister who loves him dearly, and Catherine, who he he might actually have a, a true romantic interest with mm-hmm. Rayette, who he treats like garbage. Palm Alpadaka. I mean. Uh, yeah, and then, of course, the waitress in the in yeah, famous diner I, scene. Yeah, this is the yeah the diner scene's the famous one that I had always heard of but yeah. hadn't seen. The chicken salad, which I'm sure is played on, I don't know, at least a few Oscar uh, montages. Or something. Yeah, and it's on one of those. You know, it's in a lot of those AFI lists yeah. for, for your memorable moments, and and it's a great scene. I mean, it's it's the it's the famous scene from this movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, which and and it's by itself, it's not really that too germane to everything. I mean, it's about, you know, his rejection of her rigidity and the establishment mm-hmm. kind of thing is, I mean, that's, that's key to the themes of, yeah. of this film, but yeah, yeah. Um, it stands out just cause it's so kind of, it's funny, but also explosive and it's him doing a great job. Like mm-hmm. he's just sort of commanding that scene. Yeah. So I guess that I get why it's a showcase. Yeah. And, scene. and you know, and this is the scene that kind of, links with about schmidt there's a there's a very similar scene and and i could see in a way about schmidt being like an unofficial sort of sequel to this movie where if if bobby would choose the path of just forgetting forgetting everything just starting just starting a new life and owning it and is just going to be an average everyday guy mm-hmm. work a nine to five job and and just commit to that mm-hmm. where he is in about schmidt it would be like sort of 
realizing that there was this other side of him that wants more and and Mm -hmm. can do more and um you know can be something else but uh and there's a there's a scene another diner scene that's very similar to this it's like almost like a callback to this (laughs) okay okay. yeah yeah i have to give that about schmidt a try it's a great movie Yeah. yeah is that the one with the dog in it it's good as it gets yeah, that's as good as Sorry, it gets. Yeah. <laughs> I knew there was a dog in a movie with Jack Nicholson. Yeah. <laughs> you knew what I was talking about. Maybe even a couple. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> um, but yeah, so then they get up they get uh, up to where his family is, and, and he's ashamed of Rayat, and he makes her stay in the hotel while he you know, goes up there with his family, and she's just living out of there indefinitely. Yeah. Which is awful for he her. He makes her wait, you know, yeah. for like... A, two weeks or something like yeah, that something as, like that as I mean, time goes by yeah uh yeah not a good not a good dude and his family is just just a bunch of characters i mean his sister is the most down to earth of of them all mm-hmm. and probably why he connects with her the most yeah but his brother is you know nursing this neck injury that right. is probably you know seems like it could just be bullshit yeah and he's got this nurse who's probably has a thing with his sister. Oh yeah. Yeah. Right, yeah. Cuz yeah. he walks in on them. Well, the nurse is for the dad, right? The nurse the nurse is for the dad. Yeah, yeah sorry. Yeah, sorry. Uh, not the not, not the Carl, but but, yeah. uh, but the nurse is having maybe having a relationship with his sister. Yeah, yeah. And um he meets Carol who is engaged to Carl, right? Right? Isn't there any? Yeah. Catherine. Catherine, not Carol. A lot of C's. Yeah. A lot C's. of C words in yeah. this movie. <laughs> I struggle with those. So. <laughs> uh, but they're engaged, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. They're... And he like falls in love with her. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. very quickly they have an affair. She has no idea that there's, you know, he has a girlfriend that's in town. <laughs> right. But I don't think that even matters to her either way. Because she sees him as he is. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, she rejects him. Yeah. By the end, you know. Well, she rejects him initially. Well, yeah, but then even after they... And then once he reveals, like, he starts playing the piano for her and, and kind of opens, reveals that other side of him, that's when she warms up to him. Yeah. But then she rejects him again. She rejects him again because yeah. he hates himself and doesn't love anyone and mm-hmm. isn't open to anything. And, and as soon as she realized that, she was it's like... It's an easy choice. Like, nope. Yeah. Forget it. And for some reason, she loves Carl. I don't know why. Carl's got it together. Carl's got it together. He's got a career. He knows what he wants. Yeah. He likes other people. He's not a misanthrope, you know? This is just prior to Ralph Waite playing uh, on the Walton, the lead on the Waltons. Oh, okay. So, Hmm. which I always saw him as way older on the Waltons. And it's surprising that this was like two or three years before that. I'm like, oh, he seems so much younger. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. my favorite uh, Ralph Waite performance is in Cliffhanger, though. So, oh. Yeah. My he's he's the pilot. He's the pilot in oh, Cliffhanger. So. Oh, he dies. Oh, don't spoil it. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Uh, and then Rayette ends up showing up at the house because she, she ran out of money. Like, right. <laughs> I don't even know how much he left her with. but Yeah, she couldn't stay in that. He really just doesn't seem to care one way or the other about her. No. He's, just, he's tolerating her. Yeah. He's... That's the best he can do is tolerate her because he doesn't like anybody else. Yeah. He, he hates everything. Yeah. He's Bobby is tough to like. <laughs> he really a, is. As a person, you know. He's so tortured. Yeah. And we don't know why. We we never know why. He I doesn't mean, 
really I guess it doesn't even really matter. It doesn't. Cause I mean, would it make a difference if like you know, you found out his dad abused him or something? Yeah. Like, like I, no. I don't think so. No. Cuz cuz then then you'd be rooting for some growth or change. Right. And it's like instead of well, why are you still why are you still harping on all this? You have all the opportunity to do whatever, but again, it's like the mood of the country was uh, of of everyday people is sort of just being reflected back through ja- through Jack yeah Jackson. rebellion and rejection yeah against you know the the establishment the man right how things are supposed to be the status quo no thanks man bunch of phonies <laughs> <laughs> and it all kind of like boils down to the scene between him and his dad mm. which his dad is now an invalid for the most part he can't like he doesn't can't he, emote. He can't talk. He may be able. To, he may be registering inside there, but he can't uh, acknowledge anything. Right. He can't interact with anyone. He's just kind of wheelchair bound and, mm-hmm. and blank. Um, and there was a big debate between uh, Bob Rafelson and Jack about whether Bobby should cry in this scene. Mm. And Jack was adamant that he's not going to cry. It was going to be more of an angry, you know take on it mm-hmm. and Bob wanted him to cry and ja- and then they agreed to just like well let's just let's just shoot the scene and it'll be what it is whatever happens is is what we're going to go with mm-hmm. and Jack cried in the scene wow so he naturally <laughs> so got he naturally there. cried wow. so uh but it's a great scene and and it's really just one he's just talking at his dad and mm-hmm. kind of trying to work through uh I I think part of it is that he felt so much pressure and the expectations that were were left for him and and he just that just didn't that didn't mix with him so mm-hmm. um but for me this is this is the real this is the real moment for i mean this is the moment for jack to shine this and that diner scene but yeah <clears throat> but this is like this is like your oscar scene i think oh yeah definitely yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we get to see bobby at his most real, probably. Yeah, his most vulnerable, and yeah, yeah. Um, but a great, uh, great performance, really, sure. from Jack. Mm-hmm. Um, and the whole, you know, this this begets the whole issue between fathers and sons, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, which you and I have spoken a lot about that. There's, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I think everyone in their not maybe not everyone, but a lot of people in their especially as they grow into adulthood can have conflict with, uh, with their parents as everyone's kind of changing, you know, your parents at a certain age level and morphing into another stage. You're growing from a, you know, a kid or a teenager into a full, full fledged adult and dealing with your own issues. And, and, uh, it can be difficult to, handle that transition for everybody yeah it's complicated it's yeah. complex and both both people change so wildly in that in those years mm-hmm. that it's two different people knowing each other as a father and son and then it's two totally different people who are still father and son yeah. but they're very different individuals than they were yeah um so it's a lot of change and growth so it depends on the complexity of the relationship and how it's established early on and how it continues and and you know those differences, uh, and how, and how heavily they weigh they yeah. weigh on someone's emotions, yeah, all of that. So you know, Jack's carrying Jack, Bobby's carrying a lot of a lot of baggage. Mm-hmm. We we have, and it's impossible to know how his father is reacting, yeah, 
Um, we don't know. Yeah, we don't know anything of where he stands on any of what's happened with Bobby or if he forgives him for leaving or if he's... Ten times angrier. We don't. We have no idea. Yeah. Does he miss him? Does he want him there? You know, we don't know. And it, it's that's uh that's what's complex. Only Bobby can talk to him, and not even it's not even all naked honesty. It's really just vulnerability. It's mm-hmm. not like he addresses anything specific. No, he doesn't. He's sort of just touching on the emotional uh, emotion of it. And is it his father's love that the thing the thing that's missing for him is that we don't know we really don't it could be anything his acceptance his love yeah his... is that the thing that's gonna like calm Bobby back down and let him just kind of like live right. instead of just like yeah live in that baggage that he's carrying yeah but I I don't know if it's like obviously his father is probably the crucial like point to all of it. But it's a, the entire rejection of the world. Mm-hmm. Can't I mean? Even if his father gave him what he wanted, whether or not he's aware of what he wants, could Bobby come back from that? I don't know. Yeah. He just he's so lost in it, and he'd uh, yeah. It's yeah. A, it's it's you can only hypothesize. You have no idea. I just I feel a lot of sympathy for Bobby. Yeah. Well, I guess only really in that moment. <laughs> be honest. Well, just that that it just feels like he's never going to he's going to live this life and he's never going to get what he wants. Yeah. He, if he even knows what that is. Yeah. And that's just sad. That's that's sad to see that. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, I mean there's you're not rooting for him in any way of like, well, he's he's going to figure this out. He's going to be great. That's not what this movie's yeah. trying to get you to do. You're just you're sort of watching his tragedy one stage of his tragedy that that's been going on for years. Yeah. And And it's not, I mean, you, you kind of know it pretty much when the movie starts that it's not going to be that happy ending. Like it's not, it's not going to be that he goes up there and he has this revelation and, and this uh, reunion and then everything's kind of fixed. And whether it's with Rayette or with Catherine, um, you just kind of know it's not going to end up that way for him. Right. And, you know, after everything kind of implodes where he gets in this, <laughs> he's looking for Catherine. Catherine's rejected him. Mm-hmm. He's goes off looking for her, runs into the nurse, uh, Spicer and, and his sister. Oh, yeah. Uh, in what he's like giving her a massage or something. And mm-hmm. they he and Spicer get into this kind of crazy fight. It's a funny <laughs> fight. Really? Yeah. Because Jack Spicer, always gets his ass kicked. Yes, yeah, Spicer's just come on, come on, Bobby, stop. Yeah. Or something like that. He's just come on now, come and on. And that's where that like quirky John Ryan comes out when he's like headlocking him and screaming. And, yeah, yeah, like it's a very very strange moment. But uh, again, Jack's characters seem to always get their asses kicked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he'll he's not the he's not the hero type or the uh, yeah he's the alpha I mean, male. It's kind of similar to Paul Newman, like mm-hmm. in Every Man that like. He's the lead. You want to see him win and and you know win the fight, and it just doesn't work out that way. Yeah, yeah. Uh. Uh, but then he uh, ends up leaving with Rayette, even more dissatisfied than when he got there. I think he's more. I think he's more lost than well, ever. I don't know. I feel like it, I I got a sense, and really for me i have no connection to this film so for me watching this film for the very first time was for this podcast and 
I actually thought like maybe the idea that he's going back with Rhett, he's just gonna make this work. Like the Interesting. it can't get. I, I, my theory was just yeah. sort of like, well, he's just gonna kind of go back to town, go back home with Rhett. And we won't know. I wasn't expecting like a definitive ending, like he's going to propose marriage or mm-hmm. something. But so I was actually kind of surprised by the true ending, where they pull over in the gas station and she walks off, and he goes in the bathroom. Goes in the bathroom. He he's through that moment of, t- and I guess that's that's what had to happen is that looking well, he, in the mirror, like <clears throat> seeing himself and realizing now he can't do it. Like, well, he that look in the mirror. I mean, it's it's a long look. Like we're just yeah. We follow him the whole time he's in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. And when he gets to that mirror and just looks at himself, like you can almost watch him have a ner- like almost like a nervous breakdown mm-hmm. that he knows what he is and he's not going to go back to that. And he's, he's going to run. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean that, that was pivotal, pivotal. If we didn't see the mirror thing and it just, it ended the way it did, it'd be, I think a bit confusing. Um, because that's the thing, like I said, I think they're just going to go back and it's just sort of like, well, this is the life you chose. Um, but after seeing himself in the mirror, like actually taking a good look at himself, realizing even this is bullshit too, what you're doing is bullshit. So he rejects it again and meets up with a logger and jumps in the cab of his car. Uh, who's heading North jet cab of his car, cab of his truck. Guy says, where we're going is gonna be cold as hell. Uh, and so you can tell that guy's probably heading north toward Alaska, just like Palm Alpadakis yeah, talked yeah. about. At least there's something, something to look forward to, something clean, something pure. But we don't know really what is. Yeah, and is that is that what he's looking for? We don't. We don't. Know. I think the idea is he's just always going to be on the highway. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's he's going to be point. on the move, never satisfied, yeah. and just going. Yeah. Um, but he leaves her. He doesn't say high and dry. He does, She's. She doesn't. The way they stay, the way they blocked it, is the truck pulls up between her waiting at the car at the at the gas pump yeah. and where he is in the bathroom, and he slips in without her seeing. Yeah. So she has no idea. I think if you watch through the credits, you see her eventually like go back in to probably she, look for him. Yeah, she goes toward the bathroom to find him. Yeah, and, and uh, he's left his jacket in there. Yeah, he literally just gets in with nothing. Like I, we don't even know if he's got a wallet. Yeah, like, I don't think he probably doesn't. Like he just leaves it all behind. Yeah, he's just completely. I mean, I could see him just starting a completely new life. Yeah, and I guess you know if you can hit the reset button, even if it means that kind of struggle. I mean, maybe it'll work. I mean, it, it, the way he is in that scene, sitting in the cab, seems like he's like lost his mind. <laughs> uh, so I'm not really optimistic that it's all going to turn out for him. Right. But who knows? Yeah, I don't think we're supposed to take like. Yeah, he made the best choice. Oh yeah, here. no, no. I mean, it's a quite a quite a ballsy move. Yeah, but when you don't really have anything to look forward to, you know, change direction and see what comes. Yeah, obviously he's a guy who can sort of take care of himself. You know, he can find a job, whatever. Yeah, he'll, he seems he'll do to be able to get by. Yeah. So, and that I don't, I don't know how you start a new identity. Yeah, like I wouldn't know the first thing if I found a suitcase of like. Ten million dollars and some strange That'd be one like, thing, but. but how would I? But how would I even like become a new person? Well, how do you? I mean, you just go to just go to the DMV. You go to the DMV. I lost my thing. I lost my wallet. I'm Steve Blackman. Yeah, Steve Blackman. I live at <laughs> at the uh, Main Street, <laughs> two hundred one Main Street. Two hundred one Main Street. Just can I? So I, 
Yeah, he's off on a new, new adventure. It's not even. It's not an adventure. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say adventure. It's but, not an adventure. Yeah, it's, but he's escaping. It's a new page, new chapter. But yeah, and it's probably, probably not going to work out. Yeah, <laughs> it never does in these seventies. These seventies movies. Somebody's always dying or losing or. Well, that's life, right? Yeah. Well, and that's that's life's life is hard. That's part of what what draws me to them is because it's it's a little more realistic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're seeing a very like condensed and small portion of his life. Mm. Um, you can spread that out though in, on anyone's life, and they've hit a lot of these same moments. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Seventies. Uh, but I, I I love this movie. I mean, I think it's. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a very, it's not like Harold and Maude for me, but it's another special movie. It's so um, grounded in reality. Yeah. Because, you know, there's many, maybe you know somebody like like Bobby. Maybe. Maybe you do. I probably do. I think we've all run across a Bobby. Mm-hmm. I think some of us kid ourselves and we're not, we don't know that we're, Closer to Bobby than we think. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I think you take that look in the mirror, you decide how you're going to react to that when you say, oh, sh- shit, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like Bobby. <laughs> oh, Bobby. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if I love it, but I, I get the point of this, and it's certainly of its time. And mm-hmm. I think, but I think some of the, the, a lot of the themes it hits, I mean, they transcend any kind of, Time period, yeah. You know, especially as like a person in a family in a in America, you mm-hmm. know, you're there's got to be some familiarity to some of this. Um, whether you're so far away from Bobby, and there's plenty of people that live lives like that, of mm-hmm. so different than Bobby's, and are happier or even sadder than than he is, uh, or you know, totally entrenched or totally disillusioned. You know, it's. Uh, He's a very specific person uh, that I think most people can relate to at least a, a bit. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, so I don't. But to see it on screen like that, it's, I think it's interesting. I don't. I don't know if I, I need to see it again. I get it. Like if I. Yeah, no, I don't. It's like I, I like it. But yeah, yeah. I mean, it's. I'm glad I saw because I hadn't seen it, and I like to see more Jack mm-hmm. Nicholson. Sure. Um, you know, if you haven't seen it, well, I mean, well, let's come to that in the end, but. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just it, it's up there for me. Yeah, absolutely. It's, yeah, the Jack in this movie, you know, Jack has changed so much over time. Mm-hmm. In these early roles, I would say probably at least through The Shining, he's really, really performing. You know, he's really at his the peak of his acting career. Mm-hmm. You know, when when we kind of I think really were started to get exposed to him. I remember the first time I really knew of him was the witches of Eastwick. Mm. And then of course, Batman. Yeah. So by then he's already morphed into this, you know, the Jack of the nineties is completely different from the Jack of the seventies. Like we were talking about previously with, you know, Pacino and De Niro. They, he, Jack kind of falls into that, the, that category with, as these guys get older, mm-hmm. you know, they're not as, as invested as they were in their younger days when they were really out to, get their career going and, and get that and prove themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, I greatly prefer, there's a lot of, like I said, there's a lot of great, you know, Jack performances later on too, mm-hmm. but I prefer this early stuff for sure. sure. Yeah. You're getting a real meaty, 
a lot of meat off the bone. Yeah, this yeah, guy. yeah, yeah. Instead of something that's a little more pre- uh, predictable, I guess, in, in those later films, you know, right? I guess yeah. it would be just familiar, very familiar, mm-hmm. very. This one, uh, yeah, I, yeah. I see it's what Jack you mean. playing Jack. Yeah. And what was the what was the one with Diane Keaton, the uh, romantic comedy that? Uh, mm. Yes. Something's got to give. Something's got to give. Yeah. A lot yeah. of that. Like, that's mm-hmm. that's just Jack being Jack. Yeah, yeah. Got it. And that's, like, especially as good as it gets, like, he could just repeat that role in so many different movies and, mm-hmm. you know, basically be that guy. So. Hey, why not? Yeah. You 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 offer something good, you give it. And uh, I don't think he goes to, I don't think he goes to the Laker games anymore. Probably not. I, think I heard, I heard years ago that he had Alzheimer's, but. Then he started making some appearances again, so that I don't think that's true. I think he's just he might be his I health may just, not be great or whatever, or he's just not as mobile or not as energetic. Yeah, and, I think and he's, he's just not living that public. I think he's life. just chilling, enjoying life. Hopefully, I mean, we're, we're really just guessing. <laughs> Jack, had I very, think he's doing this. Jack had a very wild life, and I, I hope that now you know, in his older years, he's settled down and happy. Yeah, I hope so. That's all we want from our Hollywood elites. <laughs> that's that's all we want for these poor settle guys. down and have a happy life. <laughs> I hope he's not, um, I hope he's not living that Bobby Dupay uh, lifestyle. I hope not. I hope he's all right. <laughs> <laughs> if uh, if you could, I'm gonna pull out a little card that's called my Reconsider casting card. Oh, you're playing it. <laughs> <I'm> playing. <laughs> if you could, uh, if you could recast Bobby Dupree. Dupee. Dupee. Who, uh, is there anybody today that you could see playing that role? Oh, God. I don't know. I think maybe, oh, what? I just just lost his last name. Uh, Ben Foster. Oh, Ben Foster. I think Ben Foster could do. Sure. I didn't like Ben Foster at first um, on Six Feet Under. Mm -hmm. Very much aggravated me. Wow. The character or the act as an actor? Well, I think it was the character now. Okay, yeah. Um, but then like Ross, I thought it like was... Like Ross from Friends. <laughs> David Schwimmer's probably great. Yeah. He's, he, we've seen him act in other things, but right. Ross is terrible. Right. <laughs> so I was, very, I was very down on Ben Foster when he, you know, transitioned into movies. Uh-huh. But, you know, after, like, the past 10 years, he's had so many, like, great, great roles. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think he can play that tortured kind of role. I could see that. Uh, pretty well. I think maybe a... A modern kind of take, like a Mark Duplass. <laughs> wow, it's maybe kinda, it's kind. Well, I mean, kind of the subject matter. I of can see Duplass. Mark doing, yeah, more than than, than uh, Jay. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and only because just sort of their subject matter is sort of about this kind of thing in a sense. But I don't, I don't know if we've ever seen Mark Duplass really go for it. I don't know. I haven't seen everything he's done, but uh, but someone being sort of disillusioned and kind of. Uh, unhappy with everything and just sort of accepting like that everything is kind of fucked. Yeah, <laughs> that's kind of a Mark Duplass, yeah. right? I don't know. <laughs> I never thought about that. Well, let's try. I don't, it. I let's don't know. Remake it, and <laughs> yeah. uh, let's see if Duplass is tech avail. The remaking everything else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, five easy pieces. Two thousand. Five easy pieces. Two. <laughs> what the world's been waiting for. Yeah. Um, let's talk a little B.O. Five easy pieces. Resurgence. <laughs> Five easy pieces. The revenge. <laughs> Bobby's revenge. Bobby's revenge. 
And it's like it's spelled him with Uzis on the... <laughs> And he's actually a robot. And Bobby He's got like, that like glint in his eye yeah. like uh <laughs> runner. But uh, uh yeah, box office. <laughs> so the movie was uh shot in from November sixty nine to January nineteen seventy. It's a pretty quick turnaround for a movie. Sure. Bang uh, it out. They shot it in Bakersfield for the oil you know, oil oh, yeah. rig scenes. Mm-hmm. Uh Eugene, Oregon and uh British Columbia. Ah, BC. Good old BC. Mm-hmm. Uh, the budget was about one point six million. Sure. So, you know, I, I think it was a, that was a fair amount in these days. But sure. a lot of hotel stays, a lot of craft services there. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I think the bulk of all the money goes. Yeah, of course. <laughs> hotel stays. Uh, the the domestic run initially brought about one point two million, so it didn't quite make. Mm. It wasn't a money big money maker. Over the course of its lifetime, it's since made eighteen point one million. So go. that's yeah, sure. done pretty well over the course of time. I mean, that's a you know seventeen hundred percent profit. Yeah, over a course of what 30, 40 years? Four, yeah, almost forty nine years. Ooh. I don't know if that's a good. It's a decent let's return. Not, let's forty nine. Let's not throw numbers at those years. Oh, these so old. Uh, it came out September twelfth, nineteen seventy, mm-hmm. and I believe it got a number of reissues over the years. Hence, sure. you know, racking up all that money. I'm sure once uh, Nicholson's career was taking off, it was something that people were revisiting. Yeah, I think I think that was a big part of it. That yeah. that uh, you know, after especially after Cuckoo's Nest and yeah. and the success of that, people were going back and come back. Know. Let's see what's he got. Yeah, there's no blockbuster video, you know, in this other in the seventies. Not yet. To see this thing. When did Blockbuster start? Early 80s? I want to say like 85? Yeah, yeah, definitely by 85 it was around. I want to say 83 in like... I remember the, the first Northwest. Blockbusters popping up near me around 88. Really? 88? Yeah. Is that true? Yeah. Really? Yep. Mount, Mount Kisco, New York. I don't believe you. Okay. Uh, <laughs> fair enough. Uh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> Uh, pretty strong initial reviews. Uh, Roger Ebert loved the movie. Ugh, no doubt. Yeah. yeah this Don't is, always this agree is, with him, but here here I do. This is way up Ebert's alley. Yeah. Way up. But he called this the best picture, his best picture of 1970. Oh. What won that year? Patton. All right. Yeah. I believe you. Check me. Okay. I'm going to edit out that check me. But... <laughs> Uh, but speaking of the uh, the Oscars, it was nominated for get this. So it was nominated for best picture, best actor, yeah, best supporting actress, and original screenplay. It was the only best picture nominee that year to not win any awards. Whoa! So it was uh, oh no, struck out Bummer. unfortunately. But there's so much, you know, in, in all these '70s movies or years, there's so much competition each year. There's a lot of great stuff going around. Yeah. So. You know, it, I don't think of any any less of it. Let's say it's a highly competitive time. <laughs> it did win. Uh, Karen Black did win a Golden Globe, though. So hey, uh, so that was great. That was kind of I can't. I don't think she won any other major awards after this. But uh, this was great for her. Yeah, good for her. Yeah, really good performance. Heartbreaking performance for her as well. Mm-hmm. And Jack lost out to. Uh... He was because he was best act, best actor. Uh, yeah, he would have lost out to George C. Scott for Pat for Pat. You're right. Yeah. Oh my gosh, Patton was the juggernaut that year. 
It was oh, it was big. Like like the X Men's Juggernaut. It was modeled after Pat. <laughs> I'm the Juggernaut, bitch. <laughs> um, that's a line from X Men Three. Yes, it is. Thanks for <laughs> quoting that X Men movie. Um, one of the great '70s films. Uh, I think it's largely kind of forgotten. Um, yeah, it's not one of the splashier ones. It's very subtle and a real character piece. Mm-hmm. If you're if you're looking for Jack movies, like you're going to be directed definitely to Cuckoo's Nest. Yeah, that's that's where they want you. Yeah, yeah, and probably Easy Rider, even though that's you know whatever sixty nine. But um, mm-hmm. uh, Chinatown, mm-hmm. uh, this Carnal Knowledge, which was another mm-hmm. BBS film. Uh, those they're kind of not as widely known. Mm-hmm. This is a little bit more famous because it you know did get Oscar attention and mm-hmm. and that scene the diner scene is repeated you know has been repeated before. Sure, so, um, but I think its lasting power is is in its realism and its truth mm-hmm. uh, to these characters and uh, and I think it's one of Jack's best roles. Wow, dang! All right, yeah, I'll uh, I'll second all that. Yeah. I'll ring that. So do we recommend it? I would say yes and no. Whatever you feel. If you're a fan of Jack, <laughs> yeah. definitely. Yeah. I and mean, if you like I like I like anything Jack Nicholson's in. It's, or I like watching him yeah. work. Well, yeah, here you go. Definitely watch this. Here's something for you. If um it, it's it's slow. It's a slow paced movie and you gotta you really gotta like be in it and be you know, with it. Yeah. All the way through. It's not long. It's an hour yeah. and a half. Yeah. You can't um, but yeah, but you can't be playing Candy Crush and sort of feel like you're Yeah, if this you're thing. texting and candy crushing, um Stop Angry Birdsing. Yeah, do they do that anymore? Is I that don't know. I love it. <laughs> uh you know, you're gonna miss the heart of this movie. Yeah. If you have so. a good relationship with your father, probably not gonna understand this one. <laughs> <laughs> this is meant for people who are not getting along with their For dads. those guys that say, My best friend's my dad. You don't, you'll never <laughs> skip this one. You're not going to just, just sit this one out. Um, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> but ultimately like I would definitely recommend it, but yeah, with yeah. that, with that warning, it's, it's, it's a mostly go for it. Mostly recommend. Yeah. <laughs> it won't hurt. I don't think anyone would trademark walk away this that. and say this Mo- is a waste. A mostly trademark that mostly recommend. Mostly yeah. recommend. I don't think anyone would walk away yeah. having not seen it and say, well, that wasn't worth my time. I think right. this is, I think it's worth the effort. Um, yeah. So that's uh, well. Shit. Okay. We, is that should, it? What else we got? I think we should head back over to to uh, Video Tech and see Get what other there. we can. Let's look up some Jack movies. Let's look up some mm-hmm. you know seventies gritty stuff that the, we haven't seen. Oh my god! Which is a lot for you, but for me, not as much. Okay. Let's let's do this <laughs> now. <laughs> we all know I'm the the dum dum who yeah. hasn't seen a lot of films <laughs> from the seventies. Seventies. Well, uh, I want to thank our friends. Quick shout out to Curtis Moore for the artwork. Thank Thanks. you for the poster, as always. Thank you, sir. And EK Wimmer, we've got your theme music uh, back back in action. Yeah, check out EK at uh, ekwimmer.com and his podcast, Laser Graves. Absolutely. Talking anywhere to... you get your uh, podcast uh, love. You know? Yeah, anywhere. And uh, please check us out on iTunes. They're uh, not, we... not going to do that. They're not... <laughs> We keep asking. We're going to keep asking. They're not going to do that, but we appreciate uh, everyone who has. So. Yes. And if, uh, you, if anyone wants to throw some love uh, over there on iTunes, Greg, do it. Love it. Take, Five stars, please. Take 30 seconds just to pop a pop a star in there and, and uh, give us a little, you know, 
one sentence. It's not going to take too much time out of your day. Yeah, and say hi over on Twitter or Instagram at Reconsinimation or our Facebook page, Reconsinimation Podcast. Yes. Uh, fire away some questions. We want to hear what you think. Did you do you agree? Do you disagree? Do you love five easy pieces? Do you hate it? Do you what do you want to hear us cover down the road? Yeah, uh, we're gonna we're coming up with some fun uh, programming coming up. Some lists, some more lists. <laughs> lists? Who knows? <laughs> we started one already. We've got you know we're in the middle of that. We've got we're, another. It's been mad just yeah. scrat- writing down a bunch of stuff on paper. Yeah. Just a list of stuff. We like lists. Yeah, here on the old podcast. Yeah. That's how but I write my groceries. You do it as a list. Yeah. Um, the things I need to do today. It's a list. It's a list. Yeah. Um, my symptoms of my various diseases. <laughs> Put them in a list. <laughs> diseases and ailments. <laughs> today. Uh, but uh, check us out in a couple weeks. We'll be back with another fresh episode. And we'll see you then. Bye now. <laughs> <laughs>